Well, hello once again, Pastor Brown from Akron Lions Fellowship. Hope that you've had a blessed week and that uh, you are experiencing God's blessings in your life and that you're walking in an upright manner with him because the blessings really do come unto those who are willing to make that sacrifice of obedience. Um, Obedience always is a sacrifice. And God prefers that sacrifice of obedience over anything else. And he blesses you when you do it. And we want to continue to talk about that, about being blessed by God. And he's the only one who can really bless us. He's the only one who can really guide us into his blessings. We made the word, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, so common. It's almost like we've done with the word of grace, that it doesn't have much meaning today because we have lost the real sight of God's grace upon our life. And we're doing the same thing somewhat with blessings because everybody's just blessed. And I understand you're blessed the moment you open your eyes in the morning. I understand that. But God wants to do a greater blessing in your life. He wants to give you a much greater blessing than just waking up in the morning. And uh, some of us say, well, if he wakes me up, I can handle everything else. No, you can't. Uh, It still takes God interacting in your life to overcome the woes and all the problems of life. But let's take a moment and pray. And then we want to talk about the risk of being blessed. Because the blessing always comes or follows the risk that you take in being obedient unto God. And being blessed is always that opportunity of life change because God has interacted and intersected with your life. So let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you, Lord, that we are not what we used to be, but we are a people who are growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing us to have the mind of Christ. It is truly, Lord, those thoughts of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that spur us on and the work of your Holy Spirit that's in our life. So we pray, O God, that you would continue, O Lord, to minister to us, that we might be the godly men and the godly women that you so desire us to be. And may we be a people who are so blessed by you that others are blessed by our presence. So thank you for what you're yet going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Being blessed is to be able to even change and grow. And oftentimes we don't see that. But when you look at different individuals' lives in the Bible, you see a change in their life and you see growth in their life. We see that even with David, from a shepherd boy to a king. 
we see these things that take place in the life of people. From even Moses and how he was blessed to lead Israel. Because in all the trouble that he had with Israel, he was blessed because he was drawing closer to the living God. And it took the living God to intervene. And Moses was able to see some things and and speak with God directly. What a blessing that is to understand that God's using you. And sometime in some of the worst times of his life, it was only God who got him through those difficulties through those times. And that's the blessing that sometimes we miss. It is God who takes us through our difficult times that he might be glorified. But we are blessed at the end of that because we were willing to be obedient unto him. And a lot of times we miss the blessing because we're not willing to hang in there and be obedient. We want to figure it out our way. And the scripture tells us not to lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him. And that is so important for us to do. Is not to lean on our own so-called physical wisdom, knowledge, and, and all this stuff that we can conjure up as men and women to uh, somehow think we're going to outthink God or we're going to pick out something far better than what God is willing to lead us through. And uh, we have to understand, when we're obedient, God blesses. God blesses. And I think that's the hardest thing for you and I to do. And that is to be obedient. Because obedience always brings us into this thing called trusting God. And that troubles some of us. Um, you don't care how many times you trusted God, every time God asks you to trust him anew, boy, there's that little spiritual struggle that goes on within. But the risk is always there if you're going to walk with God. You're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to step out in faith. You're going to have to believe God. You're going to have to trust God. Uh, you're going to have to recognize that God really does mean you good, even in sometimes the suffering that we may have to go through for his glory. At the end result, we're still better off. We're better off. So there's always that risk before we may experience the blessing. But the blessing is sure. Because God is not a debtor to any man. And when we obey God, in some manner, in some way, somehow, he's going to bless us with our spiritual growth. He's going to bless us with the things we have need of. He's going to bless. Now, that's an amazing, amazing feat by God that he's going to bless us. One way that you and I sometimes would know if somebody really care about us 
as if they challenge us. And we're going to hear that again. Because it's, it's exactly that. People who care for you and people who really love you, they challenge you. Especially those of you of the household of faith. We're being challenged by one another to walk by faith. Have you ever asked yourself, and, and you need to think about this. Have you ever asked yourself, what might life be for me and my family? If I were to expand my vision or my faith, what would change in your life? If your faith was expanded, your vision was expanded, your dream was expanded, what kind of effect would that have in your life? When you're stuck, yes, you find your failures are right there. You're stuck in life. And you find yourself thinking more about your failures than your possibilities. And for many of us, we do get stuck. And what we look at is our failures rather than our opportunity to grow spiritually. And we have to recognize God is the one who will give us visions and dreams as we read his word he somehow captivates us with something that is bigger than life. That is more than what you or I could ever expect that he's willing to do. But he's going to bring us from that place of failure to a place of possibility. And if we act on those by faith, we will receive the blessing at the end, and we will see how God has kept us and blessed us all the way through it. But the real blessing comes towards the end. I want you to understand, many people lose their dreams because they get so stuck in their failures. And life becomes almost useless for them and hopeless. And their real dreams and vision kind of like dissipate and disappear. We are only focused sometimes on our hurts, our pains, our failures in life. And we need to understand that we can get past that. And you have to get past it if you're going to really be used of God. This blinds us to the blessings that is before us. Is all these troubles sometimes we go through and our pains and our hurt. They blind us to the blessings of today and tomorrow and, and the next week and what God wants to do in our life. We have to see where God really is leading us. And sometimes that takes time. But God is leading you if you will follow. And the question is, will you follow him by faith? Will you follow him trusting him? Will you follow him believing 
that he really has a plan for your life and want to do something great in your life. God wants to lead you. And believe this, there's always a risk before you are blessed. God's asking you to take a risk. God's asking you to step out in faith. God's asking you to do something that is not really your cup of tea. It's not a place where you feel really comfortable. It's not a place where you would really maybe think about going. But God is saying, come on, we're going to make this journey together. And you have to be willing to follow him. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never leave you alone. But you're the one who has to say yes, Lord, and be willing to take that step. Now understand this also. Doing it right and experiencing failure may cause one to think wrong is right. And that's why the Lord tells us in Proverbs, don't look at the evildoers, what they're gaining and how they're prospering and how they're overcoming some obstacles that we think that are in their life or whatever. And we're saying, boy, I'm trying to really walk with the Lord. I'm trying to live a righteous life. I'm trying to live a holy life. But look at them. Get your eyes off them. And get your eyes caught on Jesus. Um, Hebrews tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. And, and, and that's exactly what we want to do. What Hebrews 12 says, fix our eyes on Jesus. That we don't see anything else but him. We don't see our problems, our pains, and I know sometimes you think I'm just talking spiritualistic. No, it's a reality. The more that you can think about Jesus and what he says in his word, it lessens everything else then. It lessens everything else. Um, most of the time I'm thanking God for walking and standing upright and I still thank him for the healing though I'm still looking for a complete healing I'm thanking him for the healing and believing him but accepting whatever it is that I may have to go through today and um, continue to just walk by faith believing him because we can do all the right things and still fail because that's not the end of the journey. That's not uh, where God is really taking us. And there's nothing wrong with a little skin, knees, skin, elbows, scrape your hands. Yes, you get the burning. Yes, you, you have to heal when you fall down, skin those knees. Uh, it can be a little painful. Uh, but the thing is, it's not the end of the journey. It's part of the suffering during the journey. That you may have to go through. But remember. You're still on the journey. With the Lord. I don't want to get. 
my hopes up again. And a lot of people fall into that trap. I don't want to get <clears throat> my hopes built up. And then there's another failure. One of the ways to success is through failure. Edison tried that electrical thing a number of times and failed and failed and failed and failed. Bell did the same thing a number of times and fell and fell and fell. Carnegie fell in many ways and so forth. But in the failure, there was learning. In the failure, they were able to discount this way and this thing and learn to do it the right way. And in failure, you'll learn because there are learning lessons even in failure. And none of us like to fail. We all want to be successful in everything we do right now, right now. But success is often built on failures. And I want you to understand that you don't have to lose hope because there's a failure. You just got to get yourself back up and move again. And you need to understand everything is not lost. Everything is not crushed. The real issue is this. Do I want to change? Do I want to do God's will? Do I want to obey God? Do I want to stay at it? You hear people say this. I'm afraid to try again. No. Get up and let's go. Because you know this isn't the way. So you've learned that. Doing it this way doesn't work. But then God gives you the opportunity to try another way following him. And it works. And the thing is not to be afraid to try. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose encouraging yourself. Don't worry about the pains and the struggles that you go through. We all go through that. A man born of a woman will experience troubles. How long? All the days of his life. But there is a certain amount of stability in life, even with the pain and the probabilities. You will still see there's a sustaining grace that is there that can hold you and keep you. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, because even though this is said in New Testament, it is very much so true for the Old Testament saints. And we need to understand <clears throat> that, yes, those Old Testament saints, they had to learn also to walk by faith. And when we walk by faith, at the end of that little task or whatever we're going through, whatever God's asked of us there's the blessing there's the blessing and, and, and God blesses us when we're just obedient to him and our obedience to some other people sometimes will look foolish because it's not logical it is not rational and God doesn't call us to be rational he calls us to be faithful 
he doesn't call us to have everything figured out. And he's telling us the beginning and the end. He's just saying, walk with me. Obey me. And the Christian life, whether Old Testament or New Testament, really boiled down somewhat to what is said in Second Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith. We live by faith. If you haven't learned that yet as a Christian, that you are to live by faith, not by what is comfortable, not by what is reasonable, rational, intellectual, you won't always understand where you're going. But if you're following the Lord, he'll get you to where he wants you to be. And that's faith. And that's why he says, we live by faith. Now, catch this other side, which most of us live by. Not by sight. Not by sight. We live by faith, so therefore we're functioning in this realm of faith, of trusting God. And it's not by our sight, but we're believing what we believe God has said to us. And that's so important even today, because God speaks through this word. And if we know this word, God will speak give us the dreams, give us the goals, give us the vision, give us that thing that he wants us to chase after. And it may not come all at once. But remember, again, you're on a journey. You're on a journey with him. And you're there to do his will, what he wants you to do. And again, he says, we live by faith. Boy. Are you living by faith? Are you stepping out and taking a risk by faith? Are you believing God as you step out? Are you hearing from God? Are you in his word that God can speak to you? Are you talking those things through with God that you believe God is speaking to you about? Are you daily talking to him about those things? And there's nothing wrong with it. Because what you want to do is to establish that relationship in such a way that you're talking with God. And that God is clarifying the steps that he wants you to take. May not tell you the whole story. But you're part of his story. And he wants you to do what he's called you to do. And even in that, God's story may be this wide, but you only have this much part of that story. But that old song, Lord, don't do it without me, that should be your prayer. Don't do it without me, Lord. But he'll only do it with you if you're willing to have faith. There's a lot of us who miss the opportunity of being blessed by God because we won't step out in faith and believe him. It's not by what we see. It's by our faith in him. 
Now, turn over into Hebrews chapter 11. I want, I, I want you to catch something of what he says about Abraham. Because, see, here's that faith thing. And you, you need to understand that Abraham didn't understand everything. But he heard from God. He believed God. He trusted God. And he stepped out. So in chapter 11 of Hebrews, come down into verse 8, he says, By faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham what? But by faith. The first thing that the scripture wants us to know, whatever it was that God was asking Abraham to do, there was this requirement that had to be met called faith. Not understanding why is God wanting me to do this? Uh, why do I got to do the, do it this way? Why do I got to do it that way? Uh, why do I got to leave home? Why do I got to separate from people I've known all my life? Why can't we just do it right here? God has his purpose for asking us to act and to do. And sometimes that can trouble us. But God really wants you to step out in faith. Trusting him. Nothing else. Just your faith in him. And it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance. Catch that. Called to go to a place. It doesn't name the place. It just says, called to go to a place. Now, it, it used to surprise me with the kids when we would go for, where are we going, Dad? Where are we going? And I always used to get this, uh, where are we going? Why are we going? If I give you the where and the why, you miss the joy of the ride. But that little suspense and that little thing of getting there and learning your way there, boy, it was good for the kids and I would share with them. Boy, you guys ought to be seeing the scenery. You ought to be picking out some landmarks because uh, you may have to come back this way sometime. The, the whole thing is that it's a learning experience also. When you walk by faith, you venture into a learning experience with God. And God's going to teach you. He's going to grow you. He's going to stretch you. And that's part of the blessing that comes through this whole process of taking a risk with God. Because the blessing is going to be there going through it. But yet at the end, you'll know also the blessing that God has granted unto you. And look what he says here again. He, he said, he would later receive as his inheritance. He didn't get the inheritance up, up front. Whatever it was that God was going to bless him with, he only received it after showing forth his faith in believing God and doing what God has asked him to do. 
And he says he received it later in life. That's the blessing also. That Abraham received. And Abraham was truly blessed. And we're going to try to see a little of that. Because it's so important to understand that this faith in which Abraham functioned in led him to a place where God wanted him to be and he received his inheritance there. Obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Isn't that something? He obeyed even though he didn't know where he was going. And most of us want God to make it picture clear. Where are we going? What's the real purpose in this? Why am I going this way? There might be a shorter way. But the thing is, it just said, boy, obeyed and went, even though he did not know. He didn't know where he was going. And by faith, he made his home in the promised land. Boy, by faith. He lived by faith. And the blessing comes when you live by faith. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. The same promise. Something that was passed down from one generation to another generation to another generation. But let's go back, if we can, back to Genesis. Because we want to see something in Genesis 12. Uh, the book of beginnings, as they often is stated. And I want you to hear a little bit about Abraham. Because it's so important. Because it affects you and I. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He didn't understand why he was really going other than that God asked him to go. And he was willing to be obedient. So in 12.1 of Genesis, it said, The Lord has said to Abram, Leave your country. Oh boy, what is it that God has asked you to leave? That just didn't make sense. Why do you have to leave it? I remember... Uh, when God was calling me into ministry. And um, I had called a couple of schools. And because I studied so bad. Uh, the answer was no. God wasn't really calling me. And this one school that I uh, spoke to. The dean of students and so forth. And i never forget Dr. Grant. He just said you come. Let God take care of your speaking. And you come prepare your heart. To serve the Lord. And uh I believe that was an answer from God and which school I should have, I should attend. And um, I had to leave home, leave my job at Chrysler, step out in faith. He said, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country. That can be a difficult decision. But if you know God is asking you to leave something, 
The question is, are you willing to leave it? To be blessed, sometimes God is asking you, young people hear me on this, to leave that boyfriend or girlfriend, that person you're living with, because it's all wrong. And God won't bless you to enable you to do more sin, but to live better in sin. And sometimes we think that happens, but that is not a blessing from God. Uh, even some of this money that the government handed out, uh, some people will call that a blessing. Well, that was government. Uh, God didn't give you extra money to go out and party and drink and smoke and, and drug it up and all all that may have been misused by receiving a $1,200, $1,400, so much money for children that was misused in the area of sin rather than in righteous living. God doesn't bless that way. But some people call that a blessing. And that's why I said we got this thing all mixed up about blessing and being blessed. And he says to Abram, leave your country. What is God asking you to leave in order to be able to bless you? And understand this, you cannot receive the blessing until you have left it. And he goes on, he says, your people, your friends, people you work with every day. God is saying, leave that. Well, this is people you know, you're acquainted with, you're comfortable with. And God says, leave them. Boy, it's very hard to do that. And then he says, your father's home. Leave your father's household. Boy, that's security. God, do you really know what you're asking me to do? Yeah. Yeah. Trust me and allow me to be your blanket of security. Not your present world, not your present home, not dad and mom, but trust me. Boy, that can be awful difficult to do. But God calls us to, to do that. He says, leave your father's household and go to a land I will show you. Uh-oh. Well, show it to me right now, God. God says, a land I will show you after you've taken what steps? After you have made up in your mind and you are actually taking the steps to leave your country, to leave people that you know, to leave your household and to trust God and follow him. And he says, I'll show you. And sometimes that can be the difficult thing because we want to see the full picture win right now. We want to see the end results of this thing right now. That if I do this, this is what is going to be there for me. And God says to Abraham, I'll show it to you. But here's the steps you have to take first. And then he talks a little bit further with Abraham in the same fashion that sometimes he will do with us. One way to know 
if people really care about you, if people love you, is that they'll challenge you to do your best. They'll challenge you to do more than what you think you can do. Those are real friends. Those are people who really care about you because they're challenging you. Because they see something more than what you see in yourself. And they challenge you to do better. They challenge you to do more. And you can know that those individuals really love you because if you achieve it, what do they get out of it? Nothing but the joy of seeing you, what? Being successful and achieving those things that they know you have the ability to do. If you would only set your mind to do it, set it as a goal and a purpose to go at it. And that's what God calls us. He calls us to do more than what we think we can do. And he calls us into those difficult waters where we're going to swim with him or we're going to sink in the flesh. God calls us to that. But again, whenever God calls you, he's going to bless you, but he's going to be right there with you all the way through on that journey. And one way you'll know is the people that are around you, if they really love you and care for you, will be how they challenge you to walk uprightly with God and to serve the Lord and to encourage you to keep growing in the Lord. And we need more of that today, that we have women and men who are godly women, godly men, encouraging a younger generation to walk uprightly with God and not to accept life as a spontaneous thing and we're just reacting to it rather than really setting some plans and some goals, some dreams and believing God has given me those dreams and goals and visions and God's going to show me something and he's going to bless. And we need to understand that. So he goes on in verse 2, he says, I will make unto you a great nation. Now, just think about something. I guess Abraham said, I'm just this little old country hick boy. I'm just this individual who don't have a high education. I'm just this individual who is just going through life day by day. And now here comes this awesome God asking me to leave home, to leave country, leave mom and dad leave what I know and he's saying I'm going to make you a great nation that take a whole lot of faith on Abraham's part to believe somehow God's going to take him and make a great nation he's a heathen he worship idols there is no Israel at this time known as the people of God. And yet, here's this God saying, I'm going to make you a great nation. Then look at the other promise that comes with it. And I will bless you. Not just going to make you a great nation, 
But while we're on this journey, you're going to be blessed. I'm going to bless you in this process. When you obey God, he blesses you along the way as you walk with him. And you're carrying out what he would have you to do. And living out the plan that he has for your life. He blesses you. And then he says it again. He says, I will make your name great. You'll make my name great. Don't nobody know me. But when we get in the New Testament, after centuries and hundreds of years, Abraham's name is still being spoken by the Jews. Father Abraham. His patriarch. Abraham. Name was made great. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Now, not only am I going to bless you, but you're going to be a blessing to other people. Now, understand this principle. You cannot be a blessing to others until God himself has blessed you. It's like your cup running over. And because you allow that cup to run over with God's blessing, it affects other people. And he simply says, And you will be blessed. And I will bless you. And others will be blessed by you. Boy, that's powerful. Don't you want to live such a life that you are being blessed by God, but it has an overflow that causes other people to be blessed? And their blessing comes in this area here, too, of obedience. If they're not being obedient, your blessing is going to be, it's not going to be anything for them. But as they learn to follow you and just see your example of living a holy, righteous life, it becomes a blessing. And you will be a blessing. When you live holy and righteously, when you live by faith and walk by faith, you become a blessing to other people. Now, he goes on in that verse Three, he says, I will bless those who bless you. There are going to be other people who are going to somehow be a blessing to you. And God has equipped them to be that blessing. That's going to help you on your journey. And he somehow brings people into your life that blesses you. Uh, there's such there's two guys in my life right now that every day that I talk to, uh, one is a believer and one is not a believer, but both of them are a blessing to me. The one is a blessing because, boy, to hear him speak about he don't believe, it makes me know that I'm blessed to be able to see. 
that the blinders have been removed from my eyes, that I can believe what I believe about the person of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a blessing. When other peoples who may not really believe or know what Scripture says and never experienced the Lord Jesus Christ for themselves, and then when you look at your life and you know what God has done, what a blessing that God has blessed in so many ways and still blessing and still doing. And he simply says in verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, but look at the other. I will curse and whoever curse you, I will curse. Those who want to trouble you, the Lord says he will trouble them. Those who want to do you harm, they need to understand that harm may come back upon them. And the whole process is that you and I have to experience this walk with God. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham or Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. Now, I want you to see how God blessed here just for a moment also. So when we get over into 13 and verse 14, Lot and Abram are going to separate. But remember what God says, Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And this is on the way. This is in the process of this journey. He's left home. His nephew left with him. They're in a land area where they're arguing about there's not enough land for their flocks and so forth. So they decide to somewhat separate. And in Verse 14, what I want you to catch is the blessing that takes place. You you can read 13 for yourself and see the whole story. But in 14, it says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him. Now, understand sometimes, in order to receive your blessing, there has to be a departure of other folks in your life. And that's a true principle because those individuals hold you up from being blessed and what God wants to show you and give to you. And sometimes he won't bless you or give you this other until others have separated or gone. And it says in 14, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, not before, but afterwards, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offsprings forever. All the land that you can see? Why? No matter what direction? All the land? 
that I can see, you're going to give to me? Is that a blessing? Is that far more than what Abram could have ever thought of on his own, of owning hundreds of acres, thousands of acres of land? And God says, don't matter what direction you look, as far as you can see, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. Boy, after that is really something that God would give him what he says he's going to give. Now, go over to Genesis 24. Why don't you start with me with verse 34. Let me get there. Now, I want you to hear what Abraham's servant says about his master, Abraham, or Abram. When you are being blessed, other people will see that because they know you didn't do it. But somehow, the God in whom you are trusting and believing has blessed you and provided you with what you have. And we have to understand that we may not be able to figure it out. But God has deposited something into your life that is truly just a blessing. So in 34 he says, So he said, I am Abraham's servant. So this is the servant of Abraham speaking. In 35 he says, The Lord has blessed my master. This man is given testimony of how God has blessed his master. Now, remember it said, When the cup runneth over and you're a blessing to somebody else? This man also may see himself as being blessed by being in the household of Abram, of Abraham. Because he is also living on the blessing that God rendered unto Abraham. So he goes on and he, and he says there, So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly. Abundantly. Far more than what he could ever have expected. He's done it abundantly. Remember the kind of life that the Lord calls us to live in? An abundant life? Are you living in such a way that you may say it's more than what I could have ever done? And that's true for my life and for many of others' lives that I know. God has blessed abundantly, far beyond what they themselves could have ever laid up for themselves. God has blessed abundantly. And he says, and he has become wealthy. Wait a minute. When he left home, he wasn't wealthy. Now he is what? Wealthy. He has given him sheep. Ooh, he has given him sheep 
Well, who is the he? God. God has given him sheep, cattle, silver, gold, men servants, maidservants, and camels, and donkeys. He's looking all that what Abraham has, and he said, Abraham didn't do this on his own. His God. Can you make such a statement that you didn't do this on your own, but it's what God has done? That's all I can say for myself. For me and my wife, we've been able to live comfortably. And what God has given unto us, I could never have done on my own. He's done it. He's done it. And it is, as far as I am concerned, abundantly. Abundantly, he has blessed me. And he goes on and he says, He has given him sheep, cattle, silver, gold, men servants, maid servants, camels, and donkeys. My master's wife, Sarah, has borne him a son in her old age. Boy, is that a blessing? Is that what God promised unto Abraham also? And his own wife bore him a son in his what? Old age. And he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear an oath and said, You must not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live. But go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. Do you see what God did in Abraham's life? All because of what Hebrews said that Abraham did by faith. Abraham lived by faith. And when you choose to live by faith, God is going to honor you. He's going to bless you. But you're the one who has to make that choice. So my challenge to you is simply this here. Take the risk of living by faith in obedience to God. And see how he may bless you what he will give unto you because you're willing to step out in faith trusting him believing him obeying him amen well until next week i want to say may you experience god's blessings as you are obedient unto him may you be able to say god has abundantly Bless me. And understand it's not because you deserve it or that you earned it, but that God is a God who keeps his word. If you honor me, I'll honor you. And that God truly does desire to have the sacrifice of obedience rather than material things that we can give him. He wants you 
and he will allow other people to know that he is the one who has blessed your life because they'll see it and know you could not have done it. Amen. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. Thank you for Abraham. Thank you for David and Moses. Thank you for Samuel. Thank you, Lord, for John the Baptist, who had also, Lord, abundance. He had all that he had need of. Thank you for Paul and Peter, and thank you for how you provided for them as they journeyed in this thing of evangelism, taking it, Lord, from city to city, town to town, and you providing. Would you continue to provide for us today as we walk by faith? Would you meet our needs? Would you continue to bless and that you would allow us to know we are being blessed by thee? It is not the labor of our hands per se, but it is yours. And for this, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, until next week, may God bless you and keep you. And may you walk in total obedience unto him by faith. God bless you. Bye-bye.